I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us a theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Alienos Podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth. We are again this week faced with another dry spell. Yeah, we're, we're calling this arc the Dust Bowl because <laughs> we're barren out here. We are, man. Uh, so, Seth, I'm going to go ahead and admit something to you right now. Uh-oh. Uh, politics has been terribly boring recently. So boring. It's like, we, man, we've really got addicted to the incredibly fast pace of Trump fucking up constantly, and now there's just so little. Yeah. I feel like politics, I feel like, uh, the best season of politics, honestly, was this, was right before, was like 2016 election, up until 2020 election. Man, yeah. those were the most intense seasons right there. We, we were are. just episode for episode. We were we were getting like webisodes in the middle. It was, that's how good it was. And people were mm-hmm. eating it up. And now it's just like you get, a, you get an episode every two weeks maybe. And it's like a special. I feel like the writers thought the show was going to get canceled. Because they yeah. were just like, whatever, just do it. We don't care. Exactly. And then once people got complacent, they're like, okay, now we can just... Take it, take it off for a little bit. Ratings are all time high. They're gonna plummet after this. And let me tell you, I'm I'm worried about what they're gonna do with their next Hail Mary. Yeah. <laughs> because who, who knows? And then the the war with China arc. Not looking forward to it. Can you imagine what jumping the shark in this show's gonna look like? <laughs> we probably won't survive. Yeah, we might go to war with sharks. Yeah. We might try to take down all the sharks. You know, Seth, I have a question for you. This is this is this is politics related. Tell me, where do you think they're gonna convict that fucking murderous pig? Which uh, Ch- Chauvin was his name? Yeah. No. Just yeah. seeing the people they selected for the jury was disheartening. Some mm-hmm. of them didn't even understand what Black Lives Matter means or what Blue Lives Matter means. Um, they didn't. Even, some of them, I saw one who like barely even knew who George Floyd was, <laughs> and I'm like, how do you even? find these people right it was the same problem with like, the casey anthony trial they were like who doesn't know about what happened you know because the thing yeah. is you would actually kind of want someone who i mean technically speaking someone who didn't know about george floyd because then it would be unbiased juror but c- good luck you know yeah i saw there's one hard. juror who got accepted who said oh yeah i thought that black lives matter meant that nobody else's life did and they were like right. oh okay well let's put that person on the jury then that sounds like they're gonna be unbiased can you imagine being that stupid yeah <laughs> what the fuck like do you think that that slogan would have gained any popularity if that was what it meant like do you really think that would have happened yeah no and do slogans now have to be incredibly specific <laughs> black lives matter but so do all the other ones we're just trying to make a point here right <laughs> that will be a terrible slogan <laughs> And it, I mean, again, if if it was literally, if it was actually a black supremacist slogan, it would not be as popular as it is. Exactly, it's like Arby's. They say we have the meats, and it's true they have plenty, but they don't have goat. I mean, <laughs> or they shark. don't have or steak. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of meats they don't have, but they have enough to mm-hmm. where they can say it. Yeah, we should compare all slogans to Arby's. He will understand them. Right, that would be helpful, wouldn't it? If we can yeah. compare Black Lives Matter to Arby's. <laughs> You really, you I really didn't. Said, I didn't think about it like that. I, I was thinking about it from the perspective of a very stupid person. Well, which I'm only fair, a little bit smarter than. <laughs> that's most people, it turns out. So <laughs> that's true. You're kind of hitting a very populist argument there. So it's like it's like when they say uh, Burger King, you know, have it your way. It's like you you can have it your way to a certain extent. <laughs> yeah. What I always imagine that meant is that if the Burger King ever shows up, he can have whatever he wants. Mm. That's a good point, actually. You're but right. they still have yet to find him. 
So, yeah, but I did watch some bits of the of the of the testimony, and it looked. I mean, it, they were putting up some fucking some W's on the the, on the the prosecution side. What's the guy's name? Who's like the MMA fighter who was there? I can't remember the dude's name. But that man is my official hero. Yeah. I, he was brutally honest. Every time they asked him a question, he was like, they were like, oh, did you say, oh, fuck this guy, I'll beat the shit out of him? He's like, yeah, I mean, you heard that in the video. You mean, I know, I, you know I said it. I mean, every time they asked him something, he was like, was it in the video? Yeah, I said it. Like, why are you, he's like, he, basically, he was like, why are you asking me these questions? It's all in the video. I said it. I'm not ashamed to admit it. The exact exchange was, do you recall saying, I dare you to touch me like that, I swear I'll set the fuck out of both of you. And his response was, yeah, I did, and I meant it. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> that is the that is the Pete Weber bowling a strike after saying, all you could do is watch. Yeah. That's what that is. It, I saw his testimony from his girlfriend, and uh, even, even his own, like, the chief of police was like, yeah, that was we should he shouldn't have done that. Like when the chief of police is out here saying you shouldn't have done it, I don't know, man. It yeah. feels it, I actually feel like they might give Chauvin up as a sacrificial lamb. I like, was just gonna use the same term. I was like, he might be the sacrificial lamb for the police departments. They might be like, hey, look, we we admitted we were wrong in this one scenario, this one time in history. So we're good now, mm-hmm. and then that'll be the end of it for a while. And it's third degree murder. Come on, dude. It's like not even not even like life in prison for that shit. Yeah, which is it's insane like, because there's literally a video of him first degree murdering someone. Yeah, I it, mean, it, there's, the evidence is there. I mm-hmm. I watched this man kill this other man. It's a video yeah. you can watch online for free. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's no question about it that he killed him. I mean, he could have stopped at any time. You know. Yeah. And but I've seen some crazy shit, dude. Like. People talking about what would you have done? Like the, the share posted that like the problem was that no one intervened to help George Floyd, and I'm like, I guess you're right, share. But at the same time, I don't know that it would have helped. Yeah, there isn't always one thing that went uh-huh. wrong. First of all, the I mean, the very root of it is you shouldn't have treated the man like that in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then there's a hundred other problems that trickle from there. I saw one lady who posted that, like, first I would yell that I'm a 60-year-old educator, and then I would throw myself as hard as I could at Derek Chauvin's leg. And I'm like, and I can just see the headline the next day. Yesterday, a 60-year-old educator was killed by police. She yeah, died, a 60-year-old educator gun. and George Floyd yeah. <laughs> killed by police. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you jump at a cop, and you see what happens to you. I love the idea of identifying who you are and what you do for a living before you jump at a police officer. I'm a, I'm a 26-year-old uh, web developer. Ah! <laughs> I'm a 32-year-old data entry specialist. <laughs> I mean, what, what, Seth, what job... <laughs> what the only job you could say that might keep the cops shooting you is I'm 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 a better cop I'm a yeah, super cop I'm chief of police. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm what, the district attorney. I don't know. Maybe that would work. It's possible. Um, I don't really see a lot of. I hate that we're laughing about this, but I guess at this point you got to find some kind of humor in, in in this world because it's all so fucked up. Yeah. But like, I saw some guy today. This oh my god, I hate this motherfucker on Twitter. Brooklyn dad defiant. He was like a, a prominent anti-Trump poster who gets paid by the DNC 50k a year to tweet. And he he said that if Derek Chauvin just taking his knee off of George Floyd's neck to ask him what kind of drugs he was on, he'd still be alive today. What what are you even trying to prove with this? Good point, sir. What was he trying to prove? Yeah, what what is that tweet supposed to mean to me? I don't get it. I don't it's just b- baffling that that's what he said. So, I'm 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 confounded right now. Like, so what you're saying is that we better. I mean, I guess we better if he's alive. But like, I don't even understand. I, I don't get it. What are you trying to say? He asks him what drugs he's on. He tells him if he's on drugs, whatever. And then he just gets arrested, not killed. I don't even know what what you think is what what you're trying to get out of this. I just like, it's not what happened, obviously. It didn't play out that way, but I don't understand. Maybe he shouldn't have fucking, like, arrested a guy for, for trying to pass a fake $20 bill that he may not even almost fake, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like it's like tweeting, oh, if Derek Chauvin didn't kill George Floyd, he'd still be alive today. It's like, yeah, <laughs> clearly. What do you mean? 
if Derek Chauvin had had the stomach flu that day and then George Floyd <laughs> be alive today, yeah, okay, great. I can do all history too. Yeah. If Kennedy hadn't be killed, I mean, he'll be on Mars by now. Exactly. I don't all know. problems can be solved. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. And I saw that the cashier, who was the one who got the, the $20 bill, didn't want to call the police and said that he wished he could just take the money out of his own paycheck because it would have averted the whole situation. But his manager made him call the police. Because again, remember, managers are not your friend. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's fucked, and I mean, I think that it could they 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 probably will let him off, but at the same time, it's possible if they throw up this one, this one win, I guess, to say like you said, like hey, we did one, you got one, yeah, be happy exactly. with that. Um, there is a piece of uh, I'm about, to, I'm about to sound like a genius right here, a piece of oh world politics I want to bring up real quick, mm-hmm. because I gotta say this podcast pretty localized. We don't really focus on what's going on everywhere else. And since nothing's happening here, I had to reach out. And I found I actually found out some very interesting stuff about France. Oh. Um, France has, if you don't know, recently uh, launched a huge attack on the Islamic population. Um, the, the five or so million people um, in France who practice Islam. Um, most recently by banning um, the hijab mm-hmm. for uh, like w- women under 18 like who go to school as well as if your mom comes to pick you up from school, wherever it goes into your school, she's not allowed to wear her hijab either, which is, you know, obviously a very important part of their religion for Islamic mm-hmm. people, whether you agree with them or not. That's, like, something very important. And that's, like, apparently that's, like, one step in a huge, like, three-pronged plan to basically eliminate Islam in France. And it's pretty fucked up. I did not know anything about this. Like, I'm, I'm going to go be honest. I'm com- I was completely ignorant to how, how um, Islamic people were being treated in France. And one, one thing that's very interesting is that in 2017, when Macron was, his name's Macron, right? Yeah. Macron, Macron? Macron. He, when he was, yeah, when he was being elected, um, one of his big, one of his, the big things he had going for him was that he wasn't encumbered and he was very much, he's like, oh yeah, we're going to do human rights, you know, religious rights, all this stuff. And now he's kind of like behind a lot of these attacks on Islamic people, including uh, some council he set up about basically they want to set up a version of Islam that you're allowed to practice in France. That's like their whole plan is to have this like document that you have to sign if you want to be Islamic in France. And so the right now they haven't, nothing's official yet, but they want to make it. So you have to sign this document if you want to practice Islam. And one of the main tenets of this, these papers is you are, if you practice Islam in France, you are not allowed to criticize the government for racism. (laughs) Cool. And people are understandably very upset about all these things, um, about one, the banning of the hijab, and two, the idea that France is going to be able to create its own version of Islam and just kick you out of, or put you in jail if you don't follow it. Right. That's uh, super fucked. Yeah. And I, I, like I said, I, I mean, I heard about the hijab thing like last night, and I read about it this morning, and I didn't even realize that this has been going on for years. And apparently, the one of the big consequences of it is there's like there's an election coming up in France pretty soon, and because, I mean, I don't know what Macron's deal is or any of the because te- I guess he's technically supposed to be on the left of pol- he's not like a leftist but he's more left than France Cent- was supposed to be cent- used to. center left yeah yeah um, but apparently because of all this just I mean saying stuff he's doing especially to the Islamic population um, there's a chance that the far right candidate is gonna um, Le Pen. Le Pen is going to have a big surge in voters because, I mean, they're just losing their minds and they're just, you know, I mean, they're ma- making laws that just make no sense at all for their, their position. Yeah. So it could push France into like a far right fucking hellhole. Yeah. Yeah. Le Pen came decently. I mean, with, with farther they've ever come before the last time they had an election. So she could do it this time. I don't know. It's possible. Uh, the far left candidate, unfortunately, uh, is probably not going to get much better than he did last time, which was again better than they've done before in a long time. So, yeah. In France, what I think we're seeing is that the, the the fringes are rising and the center is falling because, I mean, Macron's acting like a a, a right wing guy, anyways. At the point, I mean, what, what would you call this? You know, this 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 war on on Muslims is a fundamentally right wing thing. Yeah, and it's like. It's all it's ever been is xenophobia and racism and just rooted in in uh, lies and fears, you know. Yeah. And so yeah, that was very interesting. I didn't I didn't even know there was like 
anti-Islam stuff in France. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know. I don't know what the fuck is going on in France. I don't even know if they have a president or a prime minister. I think he's oh. the president. Okay. Well, I guess that's one thing. There's a rising tide of Islamophobia across Europe because of the refugee crisis, where lots of refugees from the Middle East have been coming to Europe, and Europe historically has had, and under the EU especially, has had very uh, open laws in terms of refugee uh, stuff. Yeah. So Germany seeing this, France is seeing it, the Scandinavian countries are seeing it. Far-right parties in those countries are rising in popularity because these these largely Muslim refugees are showing up, and people are unhappy that they're being put in their neighborhoods and that they're not integrating, which is bullshit. Nope, you shouldn't have to integrate, you know, into into a, a, yeah. this stuff. It's so they have with Jewish people, you know, they would move to a place and they would form their own community, and people start hating them because they don't integrate. It's just like it's just basic xenophobia. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of, it was almost kind of comforting because I was like, I feel like I, I live in America and I'd focus, focus so much on what's bad about America that I kind of, sometimes I forget other places are also bad. Yeah. <laughs> so reading this kind of helps me in that. I'm like, okay, where it's not all sunshine and rainbows everywhere else. Like we, everyone's got their problems. I know a lot of British people and they're talking about the labor party. And I know mm-hmm. a while back we were, we were very excited about, uh, Jeremy Corbyn and his, his pretty left platform, and then he got fucking dunked on in the last election. Yep. And now the guy who's leading them, whose name is, what do they call him, Captain Haircut? Um, Keith Keith Starmer or something like that is his name. Kind of a cool and, name. Yeah, and he's like he's, he's like this like complete lib asshole who he's just making these like crazy right-wing uh, moves for the Labor Party and trying to shift them as far to the away from, from Corbyn's leftism as possible. And it's just sad to see every day there's some new bullshit he's done, like like going to like a church that's known for its anti-LGBT policies and talk about how great it was there. And then saying, oh, wait, sorry, I didn't know about that. And like, oh, so you're not a bigot, you're an idiot. You know, it's like, yeah. great. Which so why does the Labor Party support him if he doesn't even support their platforms? Because, well, I mean, the Labor Party, he's changing their platforms. Like, Jeremy Corbyn ran, from what I understand, kind of an insurgent thing where he was elected in kind of a wave. And then there's a lot of people who voted for him out of, like, pressure, I guess. And then sabotaged him from within. So this is what they really want, the party does, I think. Okay. They're, they're trying to keep their their more left uh, politics, but they're really not. So they're like it's like our Democrats, you know, they claim to be very left, and then when it comes time to actually do something about it, they say, "Oh no, actually, we're going to do the other thing that you didn't want us to do." Yeah. And this guy, dude, Google a picture of him sometime. He's just the most generic looking motherfucker ever. What's his name? Keith. Keith what? Starmer, I believe. And he's just like. I mean, nondescript as hell. I don't understand. And he's how so that... nondescript that if you look him up, he doesn't even have the original. He doesn't have a picture on Google like next to his name. You have to, like you have to go click on images. Wow, that's crazy. Oh man. Yeah, he's. I don't know. He kind of looks like. Uh, he kind of looks like what I think Ted Cruz thinks he looks like. <laughs> because it, that's like a double burn. Because I think that Ted Cruz thinks he's like a cool, handsome guy. And I think this is what he thinks a cool, handsome guy looks like. Yeah. Which is funny because this is not a cool, handsome guy. He, he was built, he was in a factory to me. Like he was mass produced somewhere to like, look like an average person as much as possible. So I know that I don't know much about British politics, but I know this guy is fucking up a lot from the people I know who are on the British left. They are not happy with him. Yeah. Interesting. And of course, their prime minister Boris Johnson's a giant asshole, <laughs> complete idiot. Yeah, I mean, comedy machine, but yeah. uh, completely stupid. What I can't understand about this guy is how much he fucks and how many children he has born out of wedlock. It's insane. He's cheated on like apparently like infinite wives at this point. I don't know how many of their wives there have been that he cheated on. With like, I mean, smoke shows. I don't. Yeah. I don't understand. Look at him. Yeah, and he doesn't even have like. Because at least with George R. R. Martin, like I kind of get it. At least like he's written a bunch of books people really love, and he's created some a huge franchise. But what did this guy? What did Boris Johnson do? You know? I guess he runs a fading world power. Oh, 
Speaking of speaking of George R. R. Martin, let's derail for a second. Okay. Do you think that he is actively writing for Elden Ring, or do you think that From Software just kind of put his name on it, got an idea, and is just going to let him take as much credit as he wants while they make the game? Okay. See, I thought you were going to say is he writing the next uh, Game of Thrones book? Or oh no, I know he's not doing that. Right. I think he probably wrote like twenty five pages for Elden Ring, and they took that and said, "Thank you, George. We'll put your name on the game now." Yeah. You can take all the credit you want, but now we actually have to work. (laughs) Our Miyazaki, the other Miyazaki, will handle the the heavy lifting from here. I think that he's not, yeah, probably not acting. I think they even said he only only did, like, world building, which, I mean, I guess is his strong suit anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I I can't picture him doing anything but eating hot dogs and tweeting about, or writing about the New York Giants. And banging smoke shows. Yes. At conventions. Which, hey, has COVID just killed his entire, like, That's what I wonder. Life? Yeah. Maybe he's like Jared Leto, and he has, like, a, a sex island somewhere that he's retreated to. I mean, he's, I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not shaming anyone, but he's got money. He probably, yeah. he knows how to spend it, I think. Right. Um. Uh, wild cards money. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you know, actually, that, that Jared Leto didn't know about COVID for a while? <laughs> Pre tell. He was on the sex island, uh, isolated, no cell phones, no outside contact, the world left. Big red flag. He comes back like, I think it was like May of 2020 or June of 2020. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> What's happening in the rest of the world? There's a virus? I feel like if Jared Leto wasn't who he is, he would be. You know the guy from Tiger King, the one that isn't Joe Exotic, but the the other one who like has all the girls work for him and he like makes them get boob jobs or whatever. <laughs> yes, that would be him. The guy with the soul patch and the ponytail. Wow. That would yeah. be him. I think that's who Jared Leto would try to want to be if he wasn't, I guess, talented. I think, given his semi-ironic sex cult, I think he would just be another Charles Manson who never quite got to the murder part. Yeah, just like a that. low rent one. He's got the look. Yeah. Yeah, if he had stayed in music, he's not in music anymore. His their band doesn't make any music anymore. Does I don't it? think he does now. Yeah, I don't really. I mean, I never. I don't think I heard a single song of theirs ever. You they have one did. hit. You probably heard that one that went like dun dun da 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 ba 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 da 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 ba 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 da da. You probably heard that one. To me. I think so. Yeah, exactly. And, and he was a lead singer, right? That's who. That's what he was. Yeah, he was the one that went. I'm singing. He was that one. <laughs> yeah, all right. So that, was a, that, was a, that was a jam back in the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just... If if he did not have the talent that he did, I guess, the talent... I, you know what? I'll give him this. He's not a bad actor, I don't think. He's just a, a massive weirdo. Yeah, I think that he won that Oscar really fast. And then people were like, well, this guy's... He can't do any wrong. And then we realized... No, he he can do wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I think he's just he's just he's, he's like a, not a bad actor, just a fucking weirdo, just and yeah. bordering on possibly criminal. What depending on what's happening on an island, I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a different concern for a, a different day. We'll probably be reporting that in a couple weeks. <laughs> um, it's like it's like the, when the other shoe drops on Jared Leto, it's gonna be epic. I think it's gonna be, and I'm gonna use that word. And I'm going to say it for real. It will probably be epic. Like, in terms of what we learn. You know what I should do? I should infiltrate the Jared Leto sex island. There you go. I'll put on, like, a wig and some makeup or something. And I'll I'll pass for long enough. Passes what, exactly? Whatever Jared Leto needs. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that's what is on that island. Anything he's ever wanted is just there. Some, Some copy of it. You know, said if you grew your hair out and you dropped a couple of pounds, you could be a Jared Leto. Uh, okay, I don't appreciate <laughs> the second half. <laughs> I'm just saying he has a very gaunt like like yeah. face. I look like if Jared Leto had a second half. <laughs> <laughs> I was I said I was gonna say you 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 have a more a cherubic uh. uh Oh, facial yeah. structure, and, and like an like an angel, you know. Come on, yeah. It's, and it's now you're using words I don't understand, and I would take that as a sign of disrespect. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you you could do it. I think, um, for sure. God, Jared Leto, man, we really let him have whatever he wants. Um, what else has been going on? 
So, yeah, politics basically canceled in America, at least. Yeah, I guess that there's. Uh, 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 what's Elon Musk up to these days? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He's. I don't know. He's a weirdo, man. He. You see that tweet where he was like, "I love music. It makes my heart sing." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God. what a normie tweet. See that person who who couldn't get to work because the the rocket exploded and it scattered the parts all over the road and no one came came to pick them up. No, I always wondered like what happened to those rocket parts and I guess I know they just don't care they just leave them there. Yeah, because um, and people people thought it was a meteor shower when they first saw it and then they realized that it was those things falling apart and people had a bunch of. Elon is so cool. I'm like, the man keeps failing at doing mm-hmm. something that a bunch of Poindexters did in 1968. Yeah. Okay? Like, what is cool about this? I guess they're like, oh, the rocket can go up, and then it can come back down. Whoa. We had the fucking space shuttle for 30 fucking years. Yeah, we had... And once again, it was built by a bunch of losers in the 60s who had computers that barely had, like, two megabytes of RAM. Right, yeah. I mean, I just don't like. Come I mean, on, it's it's. And you know what? Actually, here's here's an Elon Musk adjacent topic. Okay. I saw a, a a story about a guy the other day who lost two hundred thousand dollars on a Bitcoin scam uh, related to Elon Musk. Did you see this? No. The guy like saw Elon Musk tweet about Dogecoin. Yeah. And underneath that, he saw a tweet saying, hey, Elon Musk is doing a promotion right now where if you send him Bitcoin, he will send you back double Bitcoin you sent him. Sounds legit, right? Yeah. Well, it was definitely... <laughs> I really trust it because it didn't come directly from the source, you know? Well, no, it was a tweet with Elon Musk's face, and it said Elon Musk, and then the name next to it was definitely not Elon Musk. It was some other name entirely. And yeah, it wasn't it, even Elon it didn't Musk. Have a little check mark. I mean, that's how you. It know had, these had a little blue symbol you can put next to your name to pretend you're a check mark. Oh my god! And it wasn't even Elon Musk. It was like Elon Musk. It was like umlauts. And this guy sent them two hundred thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin, and it's just gone. Like it was ten bitcoins, and yeah. it's just gone forever now because he got, he got scammed. And what he's an like, idiot. he's like, I got who would ever buy Bitcoin? Yeah. He's like, I got too greedy, and it it, it, it it caught up with me, and I'm like, that wasn't greed, dude. That was you not understanding Twitter. Yeah. No one I'll has ever this. run one of those. I make fun of Bitcoin a lot, but I do honestly think that back when it first came out, I should have just bought a bunch of them. Mm. Like, what did I have to lose back then? Nothing. <laughs> I could have just bought them. And then, but then I never would have known how. I probably would have sold it when it hit like a hundred dollars. I would have been like, right. "Oh man, this is great! I'm out." I think that now that we know the environmental impact of Bitcoin, there's no ethical way to engage with it anymore. There's also no ethical way to engage with almost anything. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing, though, Seth. Th- those Bitcoin farms and servers and mines and shit are actively putting more and more CO2 into the air and consuming more more electricity in some small countries. That's true. It's, it's, and, and also for nothing. For yeah. nothing. There's, it's not like they're producing food or minerals or something that you can actually use to make or make something or consume something. They're just imaginary numbers on a computer All they're doing somewhere. is destroying the GPU market. Right. I just don't... I mean, there's there's literally no use to them. Like, NFTs? We didn't talk about them on, on this podcast. Or anything, all of that thing was crazy for a while. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I first, I'm going to do it again. I first looked up... <laughs> nft and i was like oh a non-fungible token and i'm like the problem with all my current tokens is how fungible they are. <laughs> <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> how is that supposed to tell me anything <laughs> i mean you're doing better than me i thought i thought it meant a non-fuckable turk wow which uh um. I mean, I think all Turks are fuckable. Anyways. Yeah. But yeah, the NFTs got crazy. People were selling NFTs for like, like the NBA ones were going for like $400,000. And I'm like, I love LeBron James as much as the next guy, but I do not need a, I guess it's a picture. I don't need a picture, a digital picture of LeBron James for $400,000. I've seen like, I own this slam dunk, this gif of this slam dunk. I own it. No, you don't, motherfucker, because I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I'm looking at it, and I can go watch a highlight reel on YouTube that has that dunk and a hundred more if I want. Yeah. 
I don't know why that one is so special to you all of a sudden. It's made me realize, by the way, that art is stupid. No, it's not. Sorry. Art ownership is stupid. Because, yes, yes sure, the Mona Lisa is hanging in the Louvre in France. Guess what, motherfucker? It's also on Google. Yeah, I can just see it there. The Scream is on there. Starry Night's on there. I don't get the... What is it? Bragging? It's not like you can take it away now. Now, that would be cool if we could find a painting that's never... It's not on the internet at all. Ooh. I would see that painting. Right. I would see it. And I would funge the hell out of it. <laughs> Whatever that means. Well, think about it. So you could make a painting, and then you could say, Hey, I have a secret painting back here. And you give me $4 million, and you can see it. But you can never show it to anyone else. Yeah. So... Just to describe, just to define the word fungible real quick. Okay. Uh, of goods contracted for without, <clears throat> of goods contracted for without an individual specimen being specified, which means, so translates to able to replace or be replaced by another identical item or mutually interchangeable, which is the word they should have fucking used in the first place. So you're telling me that you have a gif of LeBron James that I cannot replace with another gif i can look at your gif anytime i want exactly it's like sure like i mean maybe if like you had something physical that was non-fungible whatever that would even be it would make sense but like it's a it's an image that i can find whenever i want i don't understand why you having it on your hard drive makes it special like, I guess the statue of David is non-fungible, right? But yeah. I can still look at a picture of the statue of David. Exactly. I don't need to own the statue of David. I don't right. care enough to. I can appreciate it through a picture, or I can fly to Italy or the fuck it is, look at it in person if I really wanted to. Like, what? Yeah. You, you can't hide it from me. I don't understand. Seth, my mind is, is breaking right now. Because it's like, yes, you own this specific number, this string of numbers and letters that makes up your non-fungible token. But it's also just there for anyone to look at. If I had to pay you a nickel to look at it every time, you might have something then. But you don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I th that was like a that was like a thing for like two weeks there. And now nobody talks about him anymore. There was some band. What band was it that was going to release their album as an NFT? I can't even remember at this One point, second. dude. I think it was like... <clears throat> Someone extremely stupid, I'm sure. Mumford & Sons or something. Oh, oh God. Mumford & Sons. Remember them? I still like... Oh, Kings of Leon. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, I still like Mumford & Sons' first two albums. After that, they became shit, though. Um, Apparently, the Mumford is a chud. Yeah, I re I've been reading that recently that um, he... What is it? He he keeps reading books by like Jordan Peterson, and he hangs out with uh, these like oh my god, who was it that they were hanging out with? I can't even remember. Somebody insane, and then the rest of the band was like, uh, I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah, that was some weird shit, man. But uh, yeah, NFTs were like man, super Marxist application of of economic theory. Sorry. People at home, there's a cat on my desk right now. I'm gonna yeah. try and he's purring like crazy. You're probably gonna get we'll, some we'll try and podcast through it. We'll see yeah. if we could make it. It's but it's like seriously, Mike Marks always talked about how since the rate of profit will continue to decline, they have to like continually try and like create new markets out of nothing, which is exactly what NFTs were. Just like yeah. a market out of fucking nothing. Like that that Beeple picture got sold for sixty nine nice million dollars, and then it, it just from there it became an entire industry somehow for two weeks. Yeah. Um, and like you said, Seth, no one talks about it anymore. No, we come, we literally completely let it go. Like you and me are talking about it right now. We're the first to talk about it in a week. I guarantee you. Yeah. Um. So yeah, good good job spending all your money on literally <laughs> nothing. That. Uh. Yeah, I just don't. It's, there's certain things in this world that I don't get, but I understand why other people get them. Mm -hmm. And there's some things that I don't get. And it's because I know they're fucking stupid. Right, <laughs> and exactly. NFTs are one of them. It's just one of those things that I don't... I don't understand how anyone thought it was yeah. a thing. It's like, I don't enjoy or really get K-pop, but I understand why people like it. Mm -hmm. It's got a lot of redeeming qualities that I'm sure those people find in them. Right. But I, NFTs, I don't get it. Did that cat just growl into your mic? He's purring really hard. 
It sounded like a. Yeah, he's he's he purrs fucking loud. Name's Ace, by the way. People at home. Ace, welcome to the podcast. What is your opinion on the hijab in France? What's that, Ace? He says that France sucks and that it should be burned to the ground. Yes, Ace. He says that the wrong side of one of the Hundred Years' War. What? Wait a minute, Ace. Ace, calm, calm down. No. Wait, sorry. You support Napoleon? That's weird. Oh God. Anyways, uh, so NFTs were stupid. Seth, let's talk about something else. Yes. Let's talk, let's talk about the latest episode of uh, Bucky and the Bird and. I like how you, not only do you say not the right words, you don't even say them in the right order. I, just, I mean, it sounds better. The bird and Bucky? No, the Bucky and the bird sounds better well, the, to me. Okay, sure. Go ahead. Buck and the burb. They're out here talking about, uh, what was the episode even about? Like, they're going to the fictional Madripoor and fucking around. Yeah, they're trying stuff. to find where the juice is. They're, they're yeah, like, the, there's some people who've got juice and we want to find out how they got it. The and there's some nerd who was like, I made all the juice and then I got blipped for five years and then I tried to make it again, but they persecuted me and now i'm oh wait i'm shot and i'm dead <laughs> did it ever worry you how how much juice sounds like jews i mean i'm not really sometimes i feel like if you could be saying the word juice in certain contexts yeah. and uh i mean it's a joke time. made by uh bo burnham in his song about a song about adolf hitler i don't even um, remember, i didn't even remember that one jesus that was a song about adolf hitler he made a song about adolf hitler who was a, when he was a kid and the whole end of the song is he's like, oh, I hate juice. And like, all oh, about juice. And then oh. it was like him being like, oh, yeah, a little tongue-in-cheek kind of reference to the Holocaust. You know? Yeah. He's one uh, of those. Classics. Um, but yeah, so in this episode, by the way, the, the big thing for me, which is, first of all, what is the show even about anymore? Like, we're getting so unfocused from the, the central Yeah, I think this ep- the episode was what was one that lost so much focus. I didn't even know what was why, why they were doing anything. Because the Flag Smashers in this episode finally crossed that horizon we were all waiting for where they blow up a building full of beat-up guards, right? Yeah. And the, and the leader, this girl, is, says that, like, that's something they'll understand. And she's, like, not entirely wrong that violence is the only language the powerful understand, but a, a building full of beaten-up, highly-armed soldiers that were taken out by seven children kind of sends the same message in my opinion so yeah just, but again it's just the writers going like well we can't have them to be too sympathetic they're giving food medicine to refugees and like squalor you know filled camps we gotta do something really bad yeah i i don't i the funny part is the episode the rest of the episode was so uneventful that i actually forgot that happened yeah because <laughs> i was like, so focused on how much nothing happened yeah, like, the big moment of the episode, and then everything else is, like, not even related to that at all. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think that they did they did something really weird with Sharon Carter's character. She's now, like, also a super, she's, like, a criminal mastermind art dealer who has just all the money in the world. Yeah. And then they got Baron Zemo wearing a puffy jacket and doing a little Peter Parker, Spider-Man 3 dance in the club. And it's just normal, apparently. Yeah, I don't know. A lot know. of decisions were made. I think they... I hope they focus next... Because, like, we didn't get a lot of stuff about uh, the guy whose name... I always call him John Carter. But I know that's not his mm-hmm. name. John Walker. John Walker, yeah. We didn't get a lot with him. We did see him kind of lose his cool a little bit, which was nice. But, yeah, we just need more of that. I don't... The, the Zemo stuff, I need... I just want to learn more about the Flag Smashers and... What the world was like in those five years. Yeah. That they, they keep making that, they keep driving that point home, and I don't know if they're ever even going to capitalize on it. It almost feels like every episode so far has been the first episode of a different take on this series. Kind of, yeah, because we, we, I mean, we, actually, we did get a small reference to it. We haven't even referenced the stuff with his, with uh, Falcon's sister and the financial trouble they were having. We got a short conversation about it in the newest episode. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and also, it's like, Marvel, I think, doesn't have a very good visual language, but from a distance, I liked Madripoor. Madripoor yeah. looked cool. Up close, I was less impressed, but from a distance, that skyline actually looked badass. Like, oh, cool, they're actually like leaning into this weird other world that the Marvel Universe clearly is. Yeah. And then up close, it was like a little bit less impressive. Yeah, I do think that one of the problems with... I mean, it's, it's a blessing and a curse because... 
the Marvel Universe, whether you like it or not, they've created a very consistent way to make, you know, higher quality movies than you're than you're used to getting all the times. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it, a lot of the sacrifice of that is that the visual language has to be so, like, uh, repeatable that it can't necessarily be the most interesting thing in the movie. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of the the gray concrete kind of thing they do is. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it has its its strengths and its weaknesses. I think now they're kind of letting directors let loose a little bit. Um, Ryan Ryan Coogler got a little bit of freedom with Black Panther. I'm hoping we haven't seen literally anything from it, but I'm hoping that Shang Chi and Eternals are going to have their own little like weird shit going on because mm-hmm. those are both being directed by I mean high caliber directors who've made really really good movies in the past, and I think I ho- I'm hoping they're giving them a little bit of freedom to make something kind of cool. Yeah, and I'll I'll say this for the for the flag smashers who are the most interesting and least developed part of this goddamn show aside from Isaiah, yeah. uh, Isaiah, sorry. Yeah, they are. If you judge them by their enemies, let's go down the list of who doesn't like them. You've got uh, America's star-spangled jack-booted thug. Yep. You've got the Central Intelligence Agency. You've got a United States Air Force mercenary and the reformed greatest assassin to ever live. And, you know, actually, Bucky is the least bad of all the people there, because at least he did kill Howard Stark. So he did at least knock one asshole off the map while he yeah, was doing that's all true. that stuff. And so, yeah, it's like, there's all these very interesting things that are happening in the show. But it's like, it's like, let's not focus on that. Let's focus on weird shit like Baron Zemo trying to do introductions in Madripoor. Yeah, and how he's, his family is rich and he gets to wear puffy coats. And yeah. that's it. That's has just a, his whole thing. Has a positively almost dead butler. Like that man, I thought it was a plot point he's going to drop dead at some point. <laughs> yeah. He was yeah. decrepit. He was so, he looked like, uh... Is it Prince Charles? Who is it that's really old? Prince Philip. Philip, yeah. Did you I see that like, Prince Charles was named the most handsome bald man in the world? Seth, what are we even doing here? And I'm like, did they even look? I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'm Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Right there. Boom. Vin Diesel. Mm-hmm. Boom. Easy. Instant. Yeah. Uh, Freaking Don Cheadle. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Again. Done. Uh, <laughs> Freaking, now I'm blanking on bald actors. Oh, no. Uh, well, there's tons of them. Any one. Oh, Jason Statham. Yeah, I mean, right there. Again. <laughs> also uh, British. So if you're looking for that, you know, yeah. you got it. So, so yeah, dude. The whole like, I thought that like, Baron Zemo. Are you cruelly still employing this 98 year old man as your butler? I don't understand what's happening here. Anthony Mackie's bald now. Basically, he's really? got a little bit. He's got a little bit of hair, but you yeah. know, he'll he'll be a guy who's bald pretty soon. Yeah, it's true. And he'll be more handsome. Yeah, definitely. He's getting there. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, he's so he's he's got a dead man working for him. Maybe that maybe that's part of it. Maybe he's resurrected this man through science <laughs> or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't. I th- I really hope they kind of get some more focus in the next episode because there are. Two episodes left? <laughs> three. Wasn't there three left, right? There's three, six episodes. You've seen three so far. Oh, this was the third one. Okay, yeah. There's three yeah. episodes left? So, you know, you got to do some work. I ain't going to tie it together, you know? I know. I just watched the first episode of Invincible, and that show had a, that, that first episode had more closure than this show has had so far. Yeah, that first episode is some wild shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but if you want to honestly watch something pretty crazy, watch the first episode of Invincible on Amazon. Uh... And I'll just t- I'll just say this: Amazon, they they I guess the reputation they want to be known for is being the pe- the people who do gritty superhero shows with this yeah. and the boys, because it's it's definitely more lighthearted on the outset than the boys. But if you watch the last couple minutes, maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah, it's you think it's only one thing, and it's something else entirely when you get to the yeah. end. I'll tell you, I'll say one thing: if you think the voice cast is too good to be true, you might be right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That dude, that first episode, you're like, holy shit, this show is stacked. Yeah. First of all, the very first guard who's talking is like John Hamm. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, so this show is gonna be insane because that guy is like a nothing character. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just uh, yeah. Although John Hamm keeps appearing in these like crazy small cameo roles and stuff. Yeah, I think he. I think that's just what he, what he wants to do. He just he, he did Mad Men, and now he just kind of wants to be 
a good actor who just gets to do whatever he wants. Rooney was in Sucker Punch. Yeah, him and Oscar Isaac were in that movie together. Yeah. Before Oscar Isaac had like really hit hit fame. Yeah, that was a weird uh, God, thing. Suck- Remember Sucker Punch? Yeah. Remember when John Hamm was in that fucking uh, Black Mirror episode about the... Yeah, what, about the freaking like, uh, pickup artist or whatever? Yeah, 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 that's what it was. Yeah, who, you know, was also a criminal... I mean, then that his, his his punishment. No, wait. Was he? He was the one that ended up not being able to see anybody. Not being able to see people because he was uh, he committed a crime so heinous that they didn't want him to see people anymore. Somebody else was the guy who got stuck in that egg for a thousand year weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. The egg yeah. was different. Black Mirror kind of fell off in later seasons, but that show uh, when it when it hit, it hit. In my opinion, I, like, I don't think it fell off. I think it just it had less consistency. Like there's some like striking vipers. Tell, mm. tell me that didn't fuck everything up for a little bit there. That's true. Um, That's they true. always have they always have like one or two episodes a season now, which is which is enough, I guess. But yeah, I mean, they, they San Junipero they peaked, and then at that point, I mean, you're lucky to even have made that. So it's yeah. really weird that the show that was known for its incredibly bleak, you know, visions of the future, its best episode is also super is the most optimistic one. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but um. I guess that the other stuff we could talk about is uh, we watched two movies this weekend, didn't we? We did. We watched, uh, well, a culture man like myself watched three movies. Oh, right. Um, but, you know, people like you who don't care that much about culture only watched two. Um, but the two we both watched were, um, what? it was about, like, these two guys who were in a disagreement with each other and, like, were starting a fight. Um, I can't remember their names, but they uh-huh. they 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 were like scary guys. They were like they had a lot of they're very powerful. Well, so I see an, I see an ad for it right here. It, it was called Oh Right Godzilla versus Kong. That's the name of the movie. Oh, they were they were very angry and very large. Yeah, they were. Um, but yeah. So let me. What did you think about it? Let me just let me give it to you. What did I think about it? Yeah. Um. Well. I thought that it wasn't uh, it wasn't as good to me as King of the Monsters, uh, but it wow. was first of all shorter, which is good. Yeah, it's so weird. As I get older, I want movies to be shorter. I want them to take less of my time. Well, the next movie we're going to talk about really made you happy, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought that it was it was great fights. It was good. There was good action. It was any of the monsters were on screen. We're having a good time. Yeah, the human side of things was sorely lacking, even in comparison yeah. to most Godzilla films. Which is what I kind of liked and hated. Obviously, I think that the human element was very subpar, but also the human element was subpar in King of the Monsters, and that sucked. So I guess for this movie, they were like, "Okay, let's just remove. Let's just remove as much of the human element as we can and focus on the fights," which still little too much human element for me if it's mm-hmm. going to be this bad. Um, but the fights were fun. Yeah. And the, the the big stuff that happened was nice, and it made me happy. And look, this movie does an important thing, which is it normalizes two super important concepts in the world. That is the Hollow Earth and podcasters. Yeah, two things that we believe very much in. Right. Um, yeah, the, the Hollow Earth was in King of the Monsters. Kind of like, it was kind of like, you know, slyly referenced a little bit. And then in this movie, it's the focus of the goddamn story at a certain point. I love. First of all, I just I love how often they actually say Hollow Earth and make references to it. And then two, I love that we learn that the the Brian Tyree Henry character is on episode two hundred and seventy five of his podcast. <laughs> right? How long has it been, my friend? That is, he's just now gotten to the point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it makes me wonder, like, man, was it a weekly podcast? Because holy shit, it makes me feel good because we haven't gotten to the point yet either. But we're not <laughs> we're not that far in, so we still have a chance to we still have a chance to you know beat him to the punch. Also, our podcast is about like global politics. His is about uh, giant monster fights. His is about one thing: conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah, Brian Tyree Henry, in my opinion, is the high point of the human part of this film. He's like. It's it's I mean it's Brian Tyree Henry. He's fantastic in everything he's ever been in. He was he was he's great in Atlanta. He was great in 
was a cyberpunk movie I was really excited for. It turned out to be kind of mediocre. Hotel Artemis. Hotel Artemis. He's great in that for the role that he has. Yeah. Um, he's great in this movie. I think he's he's the he's the only human character that I was just like genuinely uh, enjoying to see. And this is where we agree and disagree because one, I agree that he's the only person, only human character I enjoyed to see because just because it's Brian Tyree Henry, but two. I really think they could have done this better. I think that he, he while he does get some laughs, because a lot of the stuff he's there for is comedic relief. Mm-hmm. He gets some laughs, but some of his lines are incredibly bad. Like, com- did not hit at all with me. Mm-hmm. And I was I was very upset that, like, obviously this guy's funny and he can be funny, but he just did not have source material. Which, once again, it's the human dialogue in a, you know, monster spectacle but still, man, I, I, my heart's out for Brian Tyree Henry. I, I hope that uh, hope he can get some better roles soon. You know, what it reminds me of. I I gotta like think about this harder and like maybe write a, a, something about it at some point. But there is a trend of movies bringing in black actors to play a comedic role in an otherwise you know semi serious film. Yeah, and it's it, you know the, the two it reminds me of are Richard Pryor in Superman three. I think yep. it was. And then Anthony Anderson in Transformers. Yes. It's just like, a, hey, let's bring in a funny black guy, and he'll say some funny lines, and the audience will laugh. And that's his whole role in the, in the, in the whole movie. And it's felt like that again, you know? Yeah. I agree. That's a, that's a, a pretty big trend you can make a get, get some mileage out of. Um, I just realized I actually watched four movies this weekend. Wow, Seth. Uh, you guys really to... put me on blast here, huh? Yeah, I forgot, I forgot to mention I also watched Bad Trip on Netflix. Um, but yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, the, 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 the gist of my review is fights good, people bad, Mm -hmm. and I want a movie set in the hollow earth with no people at all and no discernible dialogue. Yep. Give me that. Do it. I want to see how these creatures are supposed to interact on an everyday basis. Mm -hmm. That's what I need. There was a comic I read that I really loved. It was called, oh man, I'm going to be, this is is so fucking stupid. I can't remember the exact title of it, but it was basically Godzilla in Hell was the comic. And in that comic, for like the six or seven issues that it ran, there wasn't a single bit of dialogue. It was just Godzilla kicking ass in hell against other monsters movies that are also in hell. You're going to be happy. It's called Godzilla in Hell. All right. I couldn't think it was Godzilla in hell or Godzilla goes to hell. But it is yeah. Godzilla. Yeah, it's Godzilla in hell. Like the one bit of actual words I remember from the, from the the comic was when Godzilla first gets thrown into hell. It just has in giant stone letters, "Abandon all hope, ye who enter here." And then Godzilla explodes it with his atomic. Just breath. blows it away. Yeah. It's great. Give me that. Show me the Godzilla in hell movie. Like just not a single word is spoken yeah. the entire time. One of the only problems with movies having, you know, budgets and people wanting Godzilla back now is that we don't get a lot of silly Godzilla anymore mm. or fun time Godzilla, I like to call it. Back when it was just, it was like every year, I mean, not when I was alive, but there was like a movie every year that was like Godzilla versus this thing, Godzilla versus this thing. And they were all fun as hell to watch. And it, was, it wasn't so serious and all this. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying the new... I think King of the Monsters and this are like much less serious, but still more serious than those movies. And I, I kind of wish we could just have some more fun time weirdo uh, uh, Godzilla movies. Nothing will ever match the brilliance of Godzilla's dropkick on Megalon where he skates across the ground on his tail for like 500 yards. Or yep. when he flew by using atomic breath to propel himself through the air. Give me that. Let's just let's like you said, said look at silly with it again. I like yeah, silly stuff. I agree. There's too much too much gravity in these in these movies. Too much uh, uh, weight to everything. Go to the Hollow Earth. It inverses gravity. There you go, Seth. Again, can't believe Hollow Earth is a thing. Yeah. Love it, loving it, so good. Give me a whole movie. Just let's do it. So, the other we film we watched, movie. which is the one that I I was the one that was the the the. What would you call myself? Like the I proselytized about this, mm-hmm. this film uh, called Shadow in the Cloud. Yes. Very little known, I guess you'd say New Zealand action horror weird war two film. Yeah. Uh, From I this year. In, Brand yeah. new movie. Okay, it came out January 1st. I went in with very low expectations for this film because I've been burned before by the weird war two uh, promise of movies. And this one, however, I thought delivered on more than just the weird part. 
the war part as well. Yeah. There's so much war. Um, yeah, so I went into this movie with incredibly unrealistic expectations, sadly due to my co-hosts telling me that it is going to be the most wild thing I'll ever see in my entire life. Uh, well. Basically how he put it. Uh-huh. So I am expecting, they're like, well, there's some weird stuff. I don't know how much we're going to spoil, but there's some weird stuff in this movie. But I was expecting another level, another plane of weirdness that I'm playing. There are, there are more than one playing that movie, Seth. Yeah, that I was not level. I was not ready for. So it was still a very fun movie, and it had a lot of had a lot of cool moments, and it really worked very well around what must have been an incredibly low budget. Mm-hmm. Um, they do that. They do that in a very smart way, um, using a lot of um, dialogue over voice comms. But yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and it's, it's very short. Yeah, it's a breezy film. Like it's it's over and done with pretty quick, which is it's, I believe eighty four minutes long. It is yeah. not even an hour and a half. I just, I mean, I liked, like you said, Seth, the fact that they had such a small budget, but they clearly did. They worked around it so well. It's, it's literally a bottle episode for an hour almost of just one location, a tiny location. Yeah. Um, and Chloe Grace Moretz, we should say, is the star of the movie. Like she is the big, the big star of the film, and she carries the entire film. Like without her, the film does not work. Like yeah, it's no, she does really well. But yeah, I'll just say this. When I promised it to Seth, maybe I was wrong in in, in my in my way of pitching it. I'll, what I will say is, it's it's not well. It's literally not down to earth because it's, it's mostly in the in the sky. But it, what happens in this movie is wild, but in a sort of I guess it's not gonna it's not gonna blow your mind. But you'll be like, I can't believe this is happening in this movie. With oh, and don't watch the trailer because it spoils one of the coolest things in the whole movie. Yeah. Probably the coolest thing to me. And don't read my Twitter either, because um, they'll spoil the ending for you as well. Yep, that happened to me as well. I read his Twitter, um, and yeah. But the trailer is truly heinous. It's the, it's the biggest example of this trend I hate now in trailers, where they just spoil everything. I, however, I will, in defense, the person who made the trailer, unless you just want to look at Chloe Grace Moretz sit in a cockpit, there's not a lot of the movie to work with for a trailer. <laughs> you, got, you got a point there. So I'll give them that. Like, someone um, even pointed out that in the Godzilla vs. Kong trailer, you can s- shit, fuck. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it on the on the on the podcast. I'll I'll pick that out. You can see okay. a certain thing in the trailer that spoils a huge plot element of that movie. Yeah. Um. Well, since you're more cultured than I am, yeah. what are the two movies you watched? I'll go ahead and stump. First of all, for a movie that's being called the best movie of 2020, uh, maybe it probably is. You know, from qu- pure quality standpoint, but its name is Minari. It is a movie about a Korean-American family. They already live in America. They lived in um, California. They, did, they were from Korea. They moved they lived to California. They've moved to Arkansas to start a farm because they want to start a Korean-style farm in America um, to serve the growing Korean population. Um, and there's, you know, not to spoil too much, there's a bit of rockiness between the husband played by Stephen Yun and the wife, the actress, I don't know their name, um, about the whole scenario, and one of the compromises they make is to have their um, the wife's mom, the grandmother, um, come live with them in Arkansas. And the actress who plays the grandma is delightful. She last night actually won the SAG Award for Best Actress in a Supporting Role in a Movie. I believe she was the first Asian um, woman to do that. Wow! So that's really awesome. And Stephen Young is uh, going to be the first, or. He is the first Asian-American man nominated for Best Lead Actor in a Film at the Oscars this year, which is pretty cool. That just seems um, so wild to me. Has there not? How could there not have been one before this? I know. How did Jackie Chan not get nominated for Rush Hour? I have no idea. Um, Don't you hate? I know. I'm honest. I think Jackie Chan's great in that movie. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it, it's a very poignant film, and it's not, it's not a movie where there's a bunch of big revelations – it's it's actually kind of a collect. There's there is a through line to it. There's it's mostly a collection of scenes that are very honest, and you can tell that a lot of care was put into how the scenes and the characters were developed. And because of that, um, I mean, it just it's just so entrancing to watch. Like you really do want to watch more of it, even no matter how some dude it is. Um, and then on the opposite spectrum of that, I watched a movie on Netflix called Bad Trip, which is a movie starring Eric Andre, Lil Lil Rel Howery, and Tiffany Haddish which is in the jackass style of movies where it's a prank movie. Okay. There is a story and there's like, you know, scripted scenes, but a lot of it is just 
Eric Andre going around the country and pulling pranks on people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, some of these pranks are legitimately the best ones I've seen in movies. They are hilarious. There's a scene in the credits, or like in the credits while they roll, they sh- they go and show you like the aftermath, like them oh t- telling people it was a prank and seeing how people reacted, and it's amazing. People are like surprisingly wholesome about it all. They're all very nice. The, I mean, once again, some of these pranks, there's one line in this movie that is maybe in my top 10 favorite lines in a comedy ever. <laughs> I quote it all the time to my wife and she hates it because it's such a weird line. Um, but it's it's really, really funny. Um, it's very it's probably the, uh, probably the same length as Shadow in the Cloud. And obviously it's a prank film, so you're not going for much substance. But it's hilarious. It legi- uh-huh. It's legitimately very, very funny, and I had a great time watching it. Is it like a Borat type setup or what? Yeah, it's similar to Borat. Basically, I mean, the whole the whole premise of the movie is there's one guy, Eric Andre, and his friend uh, Laura Howry. They've been living in they live in Florida, and they've like basically are just like losers when they graduate from high school. They don't have good jobs or whatever. Uh, a girl who Eric Andre is in love with comes back to their town, and she's like this big New York art gallery person. Uh, he make, tries to make a good impression with her. It doesn't work. So then the whole thing is they have to go to New York. Uh, they make a road trip to New York, and Tiffany Haddish plays Laura Howry's sister, who is like a, a, a prison gang criminal, and they they steal her car to do the trip, and then she like escapes from prison, and she's following them as well in a stolen police car. And, like, just basically a bunch of antics ensue there. Okay. But the story of the movie matters literally zero. The pranks are what, it, what, what it's right. there for. And they're, they're just hilarious. Okay. That sounds fun. So, yeah. And it's very, very short. I mean, it's, it's, it's an incredibly breezy comedy to, to pick up. That sounds cool. I like it, stuff. Yeah. Just check it out. Check that out. Um, I will say, for my last little bit here, yeah. uh, I want to pr- promote something that I, I've been enjoying recently. Yes. Uh, so... Uh, it's a game, sort of a uh, supplement. It's not a video game. It's a, uh, a table- tabletop game. Um, I thought about it on the podcast before. The game's called Lancer. It's a optimistic-ish vision of the future, like a utopian kind it's of thing. It's an optimist prime yeah. look at the future. Well, because there's giant robots. Exactly. Uh, is the core conceit of the, of the, of the, of the book. There's a, they recently put out their first um, campaign for it called No Room for a Wallflower, uh, Act 1. Uh, there's going to be multiple acts to this thing. But I recently, because I backed the Kickstarter, I got the, uh, the book of No Room for a Wallflower. And I have to really put, um, <coughs> sorry, some big praise here. Uh, probably one of the best, or probably the best campaign book I've ever read for any RPG. Like, I'm not a guy who runs uh, pre-made campaigns. I make my own stuff pretty much. But I could run this. It was not only very well designed, with a really cool split in the narrative to, to pursue different paths, it also was immensely readable. the The flavor text of of it that to help you set the mood and, and to, to evoke uh, the setting, incredibly, incredibly good. Big, big, big sort of like uh, ups to this this book. Nice. I, if you're at all interested in RPGs, like like tabletop RPGs, and Lancer is something you like or it sounds good, I cannot recommend this this campaign highly enough. Hell yeah. So, uh, that's it for me. So, you got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no. I've been playing, uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. I'm finally trying this game out. So, you you, you modded out the snake. I did not mod out the snake. I, I played past the first section with the snake, and yeah, it fucking it fucked with me. But luckily, I had seen a video already, so I knew how to deal with that section and just kind of get through it really quickly. Um, so I did that. Um, but yeah, I'm just playing it and it's, I mean, it's incredibly difficult for a person like me who for probably the first, how old am I? Probably the first 24 years of my life. I didn't care about parrying any attack in any video game. Having to, having it be the bread and butter of this game is, uh, you know, pretty, pretty rough. Yeah. So I'm learning. It's, it's fun. And I think, I mean, I'm just happy that there's a dumb souls game where it's not about grim, dark ridiculous uh monsters and just the darkest dankest settings in the world i like that there's some color in this one i like that you know there's actually some beautiful vistas and you know the enemies are a lot more i mean there's still some crazy ones but they're a lot more uh i don't even know grounded i would say than than what we have in the other souls games 
I have not played Sekiro, but trust me, Seth, the story is going to be as grim dark as you would think. Oh, yeah. I've already seen, like, the, the story stuff I've seen so far is pretty dark. I can see it probably probably going somewhere. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. The visuals, just having a nice little, be- like, a beautiful mountain with mist on it in the background that's accompanied by some colors that aren't black, gray, and brown is just mm-hmm. nice. I gotta that's say. What, that's why I like Dark Souls 2 the best, because the, the little yeah. the nice, coasty, the cozy little seaside town with the, the eternal sunset, it looked nice. I like that nice little like warm reds and, and golds. Yeah. So I feel you on that. that. Dude, for me, I don't know about you, but the look of a game, the aesthetic appearance of a game is super important to me. Yeah. That's why I like the modern duty, modern duty, what? The modern duty games, the Call of Duty, like modern warfare games, because they're just like nothing but gray and brown and black and that's it. Like, it's just like so ugly. Yeah, there's games I have on Steam that I might never play, but I bought them because I just think the art's so cool. Yeah. This game looks awesome. Like like Naruto Boy that came out recently, gorgeous looking game. Yeah. Like, that new game on the Apple exclusive thing, World of Demons, looks incredible. Oh, yeah. That game has one of the coolest art styles I've seen. Oh, so, like, painted on, like, like canvas. It's so cool. The second that shit's not exclusive anymore and it's on something else, I'm buying that game to yeah, play. Yeah, if it gets it on Steam amazing. or Switch or something, I'll, I'll be there. All right, well, is that an episode, Seth? I think so. All right, well, I am Smith. You can find me on Twitter, at MCSurf. I'm Seth. You can find me on Twitter... Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch at Part Time Pretzel. Our art is done by Marcus Barkley. You can find uh, he's also on the podcast sometimes, most of the time. You can find yeah. him on Instagram at Mister Beaches. Our theme song was done by Ben Powell. He's been on the show before um, on movie reviews, most recently our Justice League Snyder Cut episode. Um, he has his own podcast called Southern Smackdown, where they talk about wrestling and they're from the South. And if you're listening to this live, he's tw- streaming on Twitch right now. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> yeah, the NSA agents. Yeah, the FBI this. guy. Check out. Just go to Ben's Twitch as well. You can spy on him too. <laughs> um, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him get under it. I don't fuck, fuck France. <laughs> yeah. For this time, for the right reasons, not for the whole freedom fries shit. Yeah. Um, let's see here. We have stopped trying to solve our problems and are trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans to New York. That's the Illuminous Podcast, baby. We're out. Out.